Today on Lockdown Blue Jackets, we're bringing you the third of the WHL first round defenseman profiles. Uh, we've got Joel Henderson back. And today we're talking about Denton Matejuk of the Moose Jaw Warriors. Locked on Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you yet more prospect talk in... Uh, I think we're down to three weeks until the draft. Three weeks today, which is uh, exciting and also a little bit terrifying. But uh, before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also on YouTube. So uh, if you're not subscribed on YouTube, then uh, maybe... Maybe head on over, take a peek at the YouTube channel. It is uh, the same as the podcast, but you get to see my smiling face. So if that's something that you feel like you would enjoy, go hit subscribe on YouTube. Like I said at the top of the show, today we're going to talk about Denton Matejchuk, who is, uh, again, a very different kind of defenseman to Kevin Korczynski, who we discussed yesterday, and Owen Pickering, who we discussed the day before. It's really a kind of a... um, a very uh, even three different archetypes of defensemen, I think. Uh, and so today we're going to talk a little bit about, well, which one might be the best fit for the Blue Jackets. We're going to talk about Denton Matejchuk as a uh, defenseman himself and just kind of get, we'll have some fun with it. So uh, that's that's today's show. Once again, we're talking to Joel Henderson of FC Hockey and Puck Preps. So I'll just, uh, I'll just get right into it. So yesterday we talked about Kevin Korczynski, and uh, today we're talking about another WHL defenseman who uh, is, on paper, looks pretty similar to Kevin Korczynski. So I've got WHL scout Joel Henderson back to uh, come and talk about Denton Matejchuk, who uh, is another guy that's kind of been on Columbus's ro- uh, radar, I think. But uh, what can you tell me about Matejchuk as a player? What should we expect when he steps on the ice? Uh, so the defensemen in the w- WHL this year are just so, so different. <laughs> like even in this, like, so Matejchuk right away, the biggest thing about him, especially when he came into the league, uh, even as a 16 year old, is how powerful of a skater he was. He's got quick feet. He builds speed through crossovers. He's a very powerful guy. And so there's times when he would wind up around the net and really transition to play with his feet. Um so he's a guy that loves to jump in the rush, loves to lead the rush, loves to be the rush. Like he's essentially, you know, the WHL is a weird league to try to be a rover in, like to be a complete and utter, that guy's a rover. And Den Matej Chuck is the biggest rover I've ever, I, I think I've ever really seen. I'm trying to remember someone who was more, more that way than he is. And I can't think of anybody. He just, he just always wants to be up in the play, filling the gaps. And the thing is, is with his feet, with his speed, with his crossovers, he can kind of start to break down layers. So when he pushes past layers to the outside or through the inside, um, passing lanes and passing angles start to open up because you put some players on their heels. Um, so he's a unique player. They used him very uniquely in Moose Jaw this season. And he's one of those guys that I think scouts will either really want or not really want at all because they don't feel like his playing style fits what they're trying to do. 
Yeah, so I was just looking, and uh, Matejchuk was third on the team in scoring as a defenseman. And I feel mm-hmm. like that's always a good sign. You know, maybe not great for the other forwards who are being outscored by a defenseman, but anytime you can look at a defenseman and be like, right, he's in the top three or the top five for scoring on a team, that's that's a good sign. And it's, yeah. it's a, you know, it, it feels like a similarish story to uh, Korczynski, who I believe was fourth or fifth in scoring on uh, on the Thunderbirds. This guy is is third. So you know, again, on paper, he seems ideal for. As we talked about last episode, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who love love an offensive defenseman, they don't like it when their defensemen do the defense thing, uh, which is you know stressful. But <laughs> it seems to be what the team identity team identity is. Uh, so, do you think Matejchuk kind of fits? Obviously, you know, he fits that kind of identity. Could you see him on the Blue Jackets? I, to be honest, I don't know. I, it's it's he's like I said, he's one of those players that you just. I don't know who's gonna who is gonna particularly want him in general. Like I think he he is just he plays such a particular style of hockey that you have to be committed to him um, playing this way because to try to mold and shape him into being a, just a prototypical two way guy. I just don't know if that's possible with the way that he plays and how you utilize his strengths. His strength is his feet. His strength is his ability to just continue to make plays off the rush. He's He is a unique kind of player. He's way more to create those lanes with his feet than he is with his hands. His hands and, and the way that he carries the puck and the way that he passes the puck is very stationary. It's very controlled. So if you come at him, he doesn't like... He doesn't like try to hold the puck way out at his reach to try to evade and do all sorts of things. He will beat you with his feet or he will turn away from you. And so he's always protecting the puck. He's always protecting his passing lane, but it makes him a little bit predictable. Um, So he's a very, very particular kind of player. There aren't many guys in the NHL that I would even like compare him to fully. Um, being a guy that's watched Calgary for a long time, I got to see the evolution of Oliver Shillington as a rover and someone described himself as a rover. Um, Oliver is more, I would say he has a longer stride. He's more naturally athletic, but there is a lot of particulars in his game as well that would be similar to to Denton, I think. Yeah. So do you think it's a, a style that uh, we kind of see this occasionally, I feel like more so in the NCAA than the CHL, Um a style that maybe doesn't translate to the NHL. You know, like you see this occasionally some kids that are just absolute monsters in college hockey or, you know, even in the CHL, sometimes even in like the European leagues. And then they come over to the NHL or they graduated the NHL or whatever. And the style just doesn't, they just can't like adjust to it, I guess. Because from what yeah. you like, and again, I've only seen like a few, a few games of, of Matejchuk's this season, but like his style seems very. Um, what's the word I want? It's it, it feels like a style that is not necessarily gonna evolve easily. If that makes sense, it feels like it's a very set in stone way to play the game. If that makes sense. Yes. In a minute, we've got more about Matejchuk with Joel. But first, I want to tell you about Built Bar because you know how our friends at Built Bar always come up with amazing new flavors. Well, this time they've outdone themselves. They've got a new mud pie flavor. And for the first time ever, Bill is introducing this new flavor in both bar and puff. And I I personally am super, super pumped 
If you're a chocolate fan, you better sit down for this. The new Mud Pie Bar is whipped cream chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate topped with cookies and cream crumble. You've got to try this as soon as possible. And you need to hurry because the Mud Pie Bar and the Puff are only available for a limited time. Visit Built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. If you're not convinced, then we've saved the best bit for last. If you go to Built.com, you can use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Get yourself some caramel brownie or some granola or get the mud pie. You're not going to regret it. And it is, and I don't think that it's necessarily bad. He's going to have to add a few more attributes to his to his game, like I think. His lower, like once again, through his 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 strength is his skating and his lower body. You know, his his legs are particularly kind of strong, but I think he needs to get more, um, just more lower body strength in general and upper body strength. Like he's still, like I don't know what his measurements are. Like he's five eleven. Um, you know, maybe oh, I know. have that pulled up. He's, yeah, but he's one hundred and ninety four pounds. Five eleven. Okay. He's so he doesn't. To me, he doesn't play like he's one hundred ninety four pounds. He rarely will hit you. Like he will rarely body check you. The only time he does it is is to try to take over your lane or try to like skate into your lane per se. So if you're trying to beat him along the boards, he will skate into your lane, put a shoulder into you and take the puck away. He's very much way more concerned with the possession of the puck than eliminating you from play. And you can see that when he's in net front as well. Um, he's really active with his stick. Um, he's good in anticipating kind of the way that plays are, but he will not try to like physically outman someone in his net front. And he really won't try to like push guys around to eliminate his stick. He's, he's, his main concern is how do I turn around the play as quickly as humanly possible? And for him, that's getting a stick on a puck. It's, it's escaping with his feet and his quick feet. And then it's pushing the tempo constantly. So when he's kind of, when he's defending and he's defending off of the rush, he's trying to get his stick um, in on the puck. He's trying to get you before you gain uh, entry into his blue line because he doesn't want to defend back there. He wants to turn the play around, Um, which is good. And I think it's a natural progression for how the game is going, but he's going to have to be a little more stronger. He's going to have to be a little more physical. Um, And I think he will be, I think he'll just, you know, that's just a strength thing. Um, So, and I think that'll come. But it's um, but I'm I'm kind of more concerned about his play style and his play structure being just a little bit too um, a little bit too predictable. I think guys are going to start to sniff him out, and I think he's just going to have to loosen up his body posture a bit more, loosen up his flow from the upper body to the lower body, be able to kind of control the puck more, um, you know, more with his like his hips twisted and certainly different things. Which is it's just going to open up a lot more deception for him. He does it a little bit, especially when he's shooting, but. Um, it's a long roundabout answer to say like he's very effective, but I don't know how moldable he is. And so I bring it back to my other point of just like, I think you just have to be excited about who he is and what he could do for your offense but instead of just trying to change him. Yeah. So I guess kind of the, the opposite of what we kind of talked about with Kuczynski in the last episode of he's kind of a, he's not quite done baking yeah you know you're not sure yeah. what you're gonna get with him and do yeah. you go, do you go with a guy where you don't you, you know you know you know what you're gonna get like Matejchuk or do you go with a guy that you think you could maybe get a little bit more out of or you could maybe get a little bit less out of so it's well and that's the thing I think if you're if you're an organization and one of the pieces that's missing from your your offense is uh, is pushing tempo and pushing the, the, the fold of the play like I think if that's a branded defenseman that you're really you're looking at your prospects and you're going, we've got some of those stay-at-home guys, we've got some two-way guys that are ready to make the cusp of this team. Like we, this is a piece that we really are missing. If it kind of folds in the play where you think 
the range to draft him in and the need of who he is fits, then I think that's a good spot there. But I don't necessarily know, um, you know, where that could be or where where it could kind of flow into the play of things. I think uh, I think it's somebody that you know I wouldn't be surprised if Nashville took a swing at you know and, and you know a pick of number seventeen I think is where it is. Um, but you know, there's there's some certain kind of players where I just think, yeah, he's he's one of those guys that that as Calgary Flames fans would know, when Oliver Shillington was on his game, he was the best defenseman and the most crucial defenseman in that offensive flow of the game. And then in other games, when guys tried to attack and the different stylistically, he was probably the least effective on the ice. And so you get, I think, a bit of both from Matejchuk Chu, and I think we saw that in the playoffs too when they went up against some heavier teams, and Matejchuk was kind of pinned in deep a little bit. Is he a guy that you could see if someone was going for Kochinski and he didn't fall to them? Is Matejchuk the kind of guy that they th- that you think could be like? Oh, we didn't get Kochinski. Let's go for Matejchuk. Is he like a? Not like a, a 2.0 Kochinski, and not. And I hesitate to use the phrase like runner up because I think they're different players, and I think you should evaluate them differently. But do you think that's like a, for example, if Kochinski goes at eleven, could you see Columbus being like, oh well, we'll t- we, Matejuk is a similar-ish player? Do you think, like, is is that line of thinking something that you think could be, what a team? I, does? I, I don't think I don't think that teams are gonna. I don't think the teams are going to necessarily justify it like that mentally. Like they're going, uh, you know, this it's, I think it's just they'll rank and evaluate as they are. As far as, far as I know from players, um, there's three big defensemen from the WHL. Um, there's Korczynski, who's the offensive leaning, but he's got the size. There's the Matejchuk, who is the absolute offensive force, like really, really terrific skating um, defenseman there. And then you've got a really raw prospect in Owen Pickering. And I've known teams that um, the people that I've talked to, they've given me three, like they've given me all three different orders for those guys. And so I think it just ends up coming down to whatever the list is. Like, I think you can make as many justifications as as you can, but I think that there's going to be teams. I think there'll be teams in those spots that like with, with, um, Matejchuk in their spot I think they have a tentative X through him as they just go this isn't the style kind of player that we have regardless we think that he'll be a good player in the league and yada 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 I just think stylistically it doesn't fit and there's going to be other teams that go yeah we do want to take the chance on him if he was there for us there um I think for me personally I once again I know teams that are like just think that it would be an absolute steal for Matejchuk to go at 12 and I know people who wouldn't touch Matejchuk until like 28. And so it's it's just going to come down to whatever the team thinks, if it's a fit for what they're trying to do prospect-wise. But um, there was a scouting poll that I saw, um, something along the lines, I think that Cam Robinson put out, and it was just like who who in this draft could have the potential, like high potential, you know, in this draft, highest potential. And I think Matejchuk was in that top five as like if everything hits – and he fits in your system, and you use it well. Like he could be one of those guys that we come back to here, and we go, like, man, that was uh, that was terrific to get him there. Yeah, a um, lot of lot of ifs though. A lot of ifs. There is. It's a lot yeah. of ifs. If you're talking about potential, he's a guy where, like, you know, his elite trait is his feet. Um, I haven't seen anyone skate with as just as athleticism and power as he does. When he's skating in his crossovers and building speed through the neutral zone, it's so hard to touch him. He can he can evade pressure and really push the play. Um, better than really 
a lot of guys that I've seen, you know, at these last levels. So there's other things that worry me about him to kind of make me, you know, kind of make me a little cautious. But as far as his ability to transition play, he's pretty incredible. Coming up in a minute, I've got uh, the end of my conversation about Denton Matejchuk with Joel. That is what to come up next on Locked On Blue Jackets. Yeah, I feel like, and again, it's kind of it goes back to what we were talking about with Korczynski is that he kind of it seems to me he fits in that kind of weird section of players where he could go tenth, he could go thirtieth, you know. Yeah. Um, the gap on so looking at like the elite prospects that which is where I got the the ones for Korczynski, he's anywhere from uh, seventh I think or eighth, sorry, all the way through to. Uh, 29th so like a much smaller margin than Korczynski but like is that like around where would you put him do you think like would he go in that kind of 12 to 15 slot that you have for Korczynski I know that you've talked about you know it depends on what team wants but like where yeah. is he sitting on your kind of board at the minute uh, I think my board at the moment he's a little bit lower than that like I think um I think anywhere I could See, I think the last time I ranked him, I ended up having to make my margin wider. Like, I think it was something along those lines of, like, I could see anywhere from 15. Like, usually I'm, like, in the first round, it's, like, anywhere there's five picks. But with Matejcik, I was, like, anywhere from 15 to 26. Like, I, it, I think that was my wide range where it was just, like, because he's such a particular kind of player, like, I, once again, I when someone goes, here's my concerns about him and this is why we're not taking him, I go completely justifiable. And when another team goes, here's his upside and here's how why we're taking him, I go completely justifiable. He's one of those guys that could fall into all the you know the means and the cracks. I think with the power of his skating, I would have a really hard time thinking that he doesn't become an NHLer. It's just he might be one of those guys that doesn't find the fit in his team and gets traded around until he really finds his good usage, like find some a team that really kind of makes sense for him or he could you know kind of be like there's a few guys in a mold they're nowhere close so it's it's a terrible comparison but it's like the only comparisons i really have are someone maybe like tory krug you know maybe something like that i think if, if he works that i think there's some similarities there um he's one in particular that i'm just generally very curious of to watch his career because um like i said if he blossoms he really can blossom yeah, he feels like a guy that if he, like, like we literally just talked about potential, but like if you drop him into the ideal situation and he just gets a running start, but then obviously a team might pick him up and be like, hey, we can turn him into something else, which I think was a problem that Columbus has less now that John Tortorella's not in charge, but I feel like for a long time in Columbus, Tortorella got results, but what he did was he kind of molded players to what he wanted instead of kind of their strengths and yeah. kind of enhancing that so yeah in hockey talk that's called playing the right way mm -hmm. uh, yeah. so you know what coaches what coaches want and why you'll get scratched in the playoffs or do certain things at different times is they first and foremost if you're a defenseman you need to be defensively responsible and you need to make sure that your your outlet passes are reliable and so you need to play within the system of the transition game and so that's what i mean by matejak is that he breaks that transition system, like where it's point where it's like part of your offense in running with him is that if you have, if he has the space to kind of turn and twist and build on his own, 
then you don't need to flow through the centers. It doesn't have to be a short outlet. He can carry the puck and break down a couple of layers before you kind of get going. So he's one of those guys that will have the ability to kind of do that and change the face of the offense. And that's what he did for Moustra this year too. Um, Moustra used him in so many different ways. Even on the power play, there was times where they had Jagger Furcus running the point so that Matejchuk would play in the slot for some reason because he was such a reliable like passer and he would shoot really quickly with power, but it was he wasn't garnering like his his shot from the point was his wrist shot was good, but it wasn't necessarily like fooling a lot of goaltenders. So there really had to be screens and pressures and certain things, even when he scores. But he's a guy that has to push into the zone a little bit to really try to you know sneak uh, that that pinpoint accuracy past goaltenders. Um, so when they put him in the slot, it was a bit more better results. He's better bumper. He can move stuff side to side. He can do some things. Um, but yeah, like his usage in in Mustra was very strange. It's just like you know there'd be games that you're watching and you're like, wow, I really like this forward uh, Denton Matejchuk. And you're like, Wait a minute, like so he is he is truly a rover. Um, and you just yeah. Yeah, honestly, I'm about it. Like more a weird positional play. Like there was a the Manitoba Moose had like a. Uh, four forward penalty kill for a game a couple of seasons ago and i was like yeah more of this this rules like get get weird with it you know um so i'm i'm all about putting him in the putting him in the slot and just putting jag focus up on the the point for some reason uh like if if four years from now we're talking about denton and Tejak playing third line left wing i'd be like like you know for because they got a couple of injuries and he's the one slotted in they just decided to do it i'd be like yeah makes sense yeah, like, the, the Brent Burns method, you know? They, they really didn't do it for, like, they really kept him on the back end, you know, for Musha and tried to use them the way they did, but, like, it's possible he could totally do that. Yeah. Well, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that he's not going to end up a blue jacket, but I do I don't think so. Have to, like, you don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I genuinely, no idea. Like, Yannick Kalainen is really good at going off the board and yeah. kind of doing what he wants anyway, so it genuinely wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if he was like, yeah, we'll take Matei Chuck at 12, why not? Um, you know, the beauty of this being their fifth first round pick in the last two drafts means that I think you do have that kind of license to get a little bit, a little bit weird with it and pick a guy that maybe people are like, Ooh, I wouldn't have done that. But, uh, I'm going to be paying attention wherever he lands. I think, cause he's a guy that I think, like you said, a lot of potential a couple of years time could be, it could be really interesting to kind of watch his, watch his career. I did a couple of mock drafts recently. Um, and my goal was to do things that were like. Yes, I did see he was like, how dare you? Like, you know what I mean? Where it was just like, it's upsetting because you could see it happening kind of thing. Like, and and by that, I mean like a good player falling to a team that you just don't want to have them. It's like, they don't, oh, come on. Or like somebody, you know what I mean? And so um, in the one mock draft that I did, probably the earliest, most believable thing that I did was the Seattle Kraken taking Denton Matejchuk at four. Yeah, I was just like someone was like, "Wait a minute, no, I could see that," and I was like, "See, like," and, and so it's it's those kind of things too, and, and that's how once again it speaks to how wide open the draft is, and how certain organizations will view certain guys. And I think um, because of how well Matejuk turns transition around, I think even particular in Seattle, they might be interested in a guy like that. So um, Matejuk might go. Let's widen this. Let's go anywhere from the. Third to the fifty-fifth pick, I think, is where he yeah. is. Um, yeah, Matejuk is going to go fourth, and you're going to have to buy a lottery ticket. Is what's going to happen, I think. <laughs> Honestly, if they do it, I, I wouldn't, I won't be surprised. Like, it's just one of those where, like, he's a, he's a very particular set of skills. We'll say that. 
Yes. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, okay, I will hit. And that's kind of all I've got for you today. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to finish off our week of prospect profiles. We're going to be talking about Jagger Furcus, also of Moose Jaw, and uh, how he could be the steal of the draft for whichever team picks him up. That's coming up tomorrow. I've been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. If you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockedonbluejackets at gmail.com. And thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day. I super, super appreciate it. And until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.